Hello and welcome along to G'day GA. I'm delighted to be joined here this evening at my kitchen table with John Heenahan. Welcome along, John. How's it going, Liam? And Shawnee O'Leary. Welcome along, Shawnee. How are we going, lads? Thanks very much for joining me, guys. Okay, straight into the tweets we've got on last week's episode. Um, first up was Parik Neary at Dirty Miss Nari. Um, great stuff again, lads. Enjoy the chat on the rulebook and appeals process. Brendan Cummins rated by the pod as a punter dog? Question mark, uh, lads. So, Park is a little bit uh, late to the proceedings. That was the second episode. So he only tweeted in last night, so he's still catching up. What was he saying about Brendan Cummins? Doesn't rate him as a pundit. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Fair enough. I actually think he's quite good, but happy to discuss that one again with, with, with Park. Next up was Sam Morrissey at Sam Morrissey 5. Jesus, I'm mad for cider after listening to that. Well done, lads. Fair play. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a lot of cider talk on the last episode. I'll just make sure we do promote the responsible drinking of alcohol on this show so and drink a beer as well obviously I drink a beer as well not, not just cider not just cider <laughs> and then we had Tommy O'Neill at Tommy J O'Neill good job Lenny and Co always good to have alternative options for listening and catching up thanks very much for reaching out to us Tommy then we had Hurling Hotspot at Hurling Hotspot good to see a new Hurling GA podcast from Melbourne hashtag GA and finally then we had just hurling at Dear Mid Williams. Entertaining hurling chat here. Well done, boys down under at GA episode. So there are all the tweets. Sean, you had an email? I had. We had an email from Willie Coogan. Uh, Willie says, How are you lads? Enjoying the podcast. Great stuff. Liam Lenehan nailed it last week on the role of clubs to build community and bring people together. A lot of that gets lost these days with our, with our meal plans, high performance, wannabe carry on. Big shout out to Liam and Maliki Coogan and Fitzroy North, avid followers of the GA Go. Our Liam has a question for your Liam and the panel. <laughs> was Eddie Brennan really as good as my dad tells me he was? And why aren't Kilkenny producing any more fast Eddies? What do you think, Liam? Um, How old is he? He can't remember Eddie Brennan. No, he's his kids can't. Oh, asking <laughs> is Eddie Brennan as good as they say he was? Look, well, I think Eddie Brennan was phenomenal corner forward. I think Giggles as a corner forward yourself, you surely looked up to him, did you? Ah, uh, he was. He was. He was one of the greats. I think four All Stars, eight, eight All Ireland medals, and uh, should have got a man of the match. Except he was pipped by Brian Cody in two thousand and eight. <laughs> oh yeah, we only got two uh, four against Owen Murphy in the final. Yeah. Uh, look, I, to be honest with you, I do, the closest thing to Eddie Brennan coming through the Kilkenny ranks probably would have been Ger Elward back in two thousand and fifteen. He had a real breakthrough year, very fast corner forward, strong corner forward. But then he had that unfortunate cruciate injury. So he hasn't got back to the heights of 2015, but I think he he's the, the most similar. I don't think he's as good as Eddie Brennan yet, but uh, he's probably the most similar. What do you think, Shani? No, I would say there's there's no one really to replace Eddie Brennan since since he left the the panel. Um, he was an absolute nightmare for cornerbacks. Um, he was just had a, a knack for going for goal, like any any bit of a sniff at all whatsoever. He's head down and straight for goal and most. Most often than not, he would ping one in here. Yeah, there's actually a great Laker Gale on it. was worth checking out if you haven't seen it. Um, thanks, Willie, for getting in touch. We also had just some interaction with our, our friend Buff Egan on Instagram after last week's episode. Obviously, John, you called him out and asked him to come out to Melbourne um, for the sevens next year. Or sorry, for the nines. We said we pay his flights, put him up. We got a response. The first response was, Australia's a bit too far away. That's what he said. 
But he also, we told him to check out the podcast and he had a listen. And he said, listen to the interview, sound for the kind words, not West Kerry though. So you said he lived in West Kerry. Oh, it's, it's, it's North Kerry. Yeah, and he, and he took offence to that. He said, no hurling there, they wouldn't know a hurley from a brush. So I think that could be the reason he's not coming out more so than anything is that you thought he was from West Kerry. There, there was a Kerry man, this Kerry football man described North Kerry to me. To, he called it the 33rd County. <laughs> They're absolute animals up there. <laughs> so look, we, we, we'll work on both. Hopefully both of you are tuning in again. Look, we really want to have you out here next February. So we'll be in, in touch again. So just on, on today's episode, obviously we're going to review the Mayo-Kerry game and also have a look at, at Dublin Tyrone. And then we're delighted to bring in this evening um, our interview with Richie Foley that we recorded over the weekend. Um, following the interview, we'll, we'll do a bit of the preview ourselves and our own analysis, for better or for worse, what we're thinking ahead, ahead of Sunday. And we'll just touch base then on what's the learning experiences like here in Australia. So first up, Mayo Kerry. John, did you watch it live or delayed? It was, it was a great night, actually. Um, I, had a, I had a ball that I had to go to. Uh, with, with Gillian, my girlfriend, so we, we got fairly well hammered. We were at the ball at seven in the morning. We decided to sneak away from the ball at quarter to midnight, got a taxi home, arrived in the sitting room at quarter past 12, just to, in time to get the team lineups and, and get, it, get it going in the match. And So uh, I suppose the ball was thrown in and it sobered me up a small bit very quickly. I saw Mayo take off and um, that they were absolutely phenomenal. I, I think they, they, they continue to go from strength to strength. They played their best game of the year this weekend. Um, all their big players stood up uh, and, and delivered. Colin Boyle stayed on for 67 minutes and gave a man of the match display. Andy Moran continued on where, where he was. And, and it was a very enjoyable game watching as a Mayo supporter. Probably not so if you were a Kerry supporter. Sean, did, did you tune in? I did. I watched it a bit delayed, the coverage. I, I got up early on Sunday morning. You were actually watching when I was trying to watch it. I was. So yeah. I, 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 just, wo- I woke up, tried to log into my GAA Go, and I was bounced out. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm, up, I'm up earlier than you, Liam. So sorry. Um, no, it was, it was a very enjoyable game. It was still a, a very, very entertaining game to watch, even though it was probably, it was probably Mayo in control for the, for the entire uh, period of the match. Um, they were awesome, in fairness. Um, I, I like. I thought Aidan O'Shea was unbelievable the way he played his role. Like he and multiple roles. Yeah, he, like, like he that's was, what I mean. Like he was, yeah. he started midfield and started floating back in front of Donahue in as well. And like they completely, like their tactics were spot on again. Once again, I mean Rashford um, really got his tactics and his matchups spot on again this time. And what was interesting was looking back on last week's podcast, all three of us predicted a, a Mayo victory. We did, and, yeah. we, and we, we, we all came good on that. We should should be happy with that. I, I tuned in myself, obviously. After Shawnee had logged out of my GA Go account, I was finally able to watch it. But why I couldn't get over was the pace which Mayo ran up the middle at Kerry. Like I, they, I, they really took them on, and they cut through them, didn't they? In, in that in that first half. But I, I think that was all part of Kerry's tactics actually that allowed that. So last week we, we talked about nine or ten lads in the middle of the field, absolutely protecting the goal from their wing backs coming forward, and and this and that obviously left a space inside for Andy Moore to score one five, Killian O'Connor and Jason Doherty to do the damage. Whereas this week, Fitzmaurice totally changed his tactics. He put Paul Murphy as a sweeper. He didn't crowd the middle as much. 
He dropped James O'Donoghue, who's best forward, arguably, and brought back in another back to allow him to yeah. play Paul Murphy's a sweeper. So they just sat back. Mm. And what they did was, they did exactly what Dublin, what Tyrone let Dublin do. They invited Mayo on. And whatever about the Mayo full forward line being dangerous, their most dangerous line in the field is their half-back oh, line. ridiculous. And they just invited him on. And that was, that was the main difference between the two games. Yeah. Mayo were able to play the game they wanted, whereas actually in the first day, even though they probably still should have won, they weren't able to play that attacking from half backline game as much as they would have wanted to. Yeah, and Colin Boyle was f- phenomenal in attack, but also in defence. I think he two phenomenal goal line saves. One where he actually caught the ball cleanly yeah. and went out over the line, which was unreal. And then that second one in the second half where he, he smothered it, and then the goalkeeper smothered it. it, was that frantic bit of play as well. Yeah, and we said it here as well last week um, about you know the fact that Mayo played so many games and they've actually been on the road so many times this year but it's actually working in their favour because you were on about Colin Boyle there like attacking and defending I mean his engine is, is, is primed to the maximum now at the moment and I'd say all it looks like all the Mayo players are primed well like their fitness is just phenomenal like they're they're up and down the field they absolutely ran all over Kerry they never looked back Sunday. did they like they, they just no. got a hold of that game and Kerry never really were in, in, in touching this stuff there's, really there's a bit a little bit I think all those games again going back to it that all those games seem to be after putting a bit of belie- a bit more belief and a bit more confidence back into the Mayo team like that they're you know they're back right where they are, where they want to be again they're back in an all Ireland final and I think that confidence of playing Crow Park once again which they're probably well used to know at this stage but I'd say it's going to be a cracking final. I'd say I know people are raving about how the demolition Dublin had of Tyrone, but I mean, it's 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 all it's all um, it's all square now again in, in the in the first round of uh, the All Ireland final. So we'll see how it goes. But I reckon Mayo have definitely <coughs> the work done now at this stage for this year. And before we just go on to Dublin and Tyrone, there was a number of I suppose disciplinary matters in that game. We had black cards and red cards. We had. Donny getting sent off at the end, I suppose the game was up at that stage, but the, the black card for Darren O'Sullivan Shocking. was one that Shocking. didn't go down too well with, with Darren. He was very irate at the time. And I he wouldn't was, blame him. Yeah. That was brutal, wasn't it? It, it, was, it was interesting because you could argue, like, you could, and, and again, it's all fine margins, I'd imagine, in these really high-level high, high level matches. And Kerry had got the game back to four points with 10 minutes to go when um, Crowley was sent off. And you'd argue that um, Cullen Boyle ducked the head going through for goal uh, Crowley came in to tackle him and it looked like a high tackle now Colin Boyle went through there was no need I don't think for the referee to send him off I, I don't even think it was a second yellow no and it was a free he was going at pace any touch and he was going down there yeah. exactly so referees have to have to realise that if it's a game played on the edge and especially at that stage in, in, in the league or championship you have to and going back to the Darren O'Sullivan incident I don't think it was a black card for either player but again it was the bloody linesman right mm. And, and they're bringing the attention to the referee. And then the referees feel um, probably pressurised. My linesman has told me, and I know you have to use your linesman. The linesman has told me it's a black card that Darren O'Sullivan took him out of it. But again... It was so minimal. The contact was so minor. Like yeah. I mean, there's absolutely no need to, to not end the guy's day for that. If, if, I, was, if I was a referee now... Sorry to cut across now. If I was a referee, and I, I agree with using my linesman, if, and if it was a, he said to me blatantly, but he didn't even go over and talk to his linesman. It was just a word in his earpiece that said, uh, oh, Darren O'Sullivan, black card. Yeah, yeah. It must have been something like that. And Went Darren, over and gave it to him. And Darren O'Sullivan, coming off, thought it was the linesman that actually dabbed him in, and he let fly the linesman when yeah. he was coming off. But if you were an, a, a, a referee making that decision, you'd want to be really... I'd want yeah. to have seen the incident to give a black card. 
but he's, he doesn't have that opportunity. Like, if he's been over his body's lines by take your point, he should have went over and had a discussion. But just taking it in, yeah. the, in the ear, yeah, that's it. You're gone. Yeah. But I think and at the end of his day, and it probably was, like, Darren O'Sullivan had done very well the last day when he came on. He had a big impact. I, like, you know, that was a big loss for Kerry. That him. I, I, yeah, I think I think the Kerry lads would be plucking at straws, thinking it would have had any impact on the game. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. Mayo yeah. were just in mm. control for the for entire, and then the frustration then came out with Kieran Danny. Yeah. Like it, it was kind of unfortunate to see him go off like that because he's such a great player. Even though most kind of uh, anti Kerry fans would be delighted and they'd, they'd hurl him off the field, but um, yeah, you would you wouldn't really, but it was, it was like stupid absolutely crazy yeah. Yeah, he deserves to go for that I mean I think there's no it's question fair, to, that, it's fair it's to, like, to call that one petulant is it absolutely <laughs> that's yeah. definitely petulant yeah. that, was, that was pure petulance <laughs> <laughs> but Aidan O'Shea stood down his yeah. toe and the usual cornerback fullback kind of malarkey that goes yeah. on and the game but was over and on, a, on a positive note on Donny like, like the impact he's still having in the football championship is, is massive like the man is reinventing himself nearly every year at this stage. Yeah, and he's, I suppose he plays a bigger role now in linking up play yeah. as well. Like, you know, he's a real man to lay off a ball and, and, and give an assist as well as take his own score. Um, but yeah, I think there's no there's no arguments there, Mayor. We're definitely the better better team. And I think actually uh, Lee Keegan took a shot in the 60, 62nd, 63rd minute. And usually Lee scores from there now, but he drove this one wide, and that was Mayo's first wide of the second half. Now, Mayo have been criticised over the years for kicking wide after wide and kicking games away. But actually, the accuracy between either, whether it was Killian O'Connor, Andy Morn, Jason Doherty took over the freeze when Killian got the black card, Kevin McLaughlin, the accuracy was phenomenal by Mayo. And I, and I go back to Shawnee's point, I think they're just growing in confidence. They've no, the shackles are off. Do you know what? People nearly expect them to lose the All-Ireland final now. It's not poor old Mayo, it's uh, Mayo are going to lose it anyway. So they've got no pressure on them going into an All-Ireland final. Dublin have hammered a, a poor Tyrone team, or sorry, a, a Tyrone team that didn't show up and still haven't been tested. And I think the two sty- the two styles, Dublin and Mayo, are very similar. They attack from wing back, they've got scoring forwards, and I think it's going to be set up to be a cracking final. Yeah, and onto Dublin and Tyrone, obviously, we're probably expecting a, a, a close one in that we're, a lot of people are looking forward to the two contrasting styles. And I think, you know, Tyrone tried to set the the tone early they broke from the parade and didn't go go past the hill which you know is a, a ballsy move to do but unfortunately they, they didn't back it up and that early goal was a killer it seemed to kind of train the confidence from Tyrone yeah. they, they might have been trying to copy Mayo from 2006 when Mayo went down and warmed up in front of the hill and yeah, they had the, yeah. the hullabaloo that year and Mayo went on to win that game but I just think uh, I, I, I can't take away from Dublin's performance it was phenomenal but Tyrone when you when you watch the highlight show back after the game they were nowhere near Dublin they didn't no. get a hand in they didn't even get a punch in the ribs in they didn't get any kind of physicality in with them at all which Tyrone would be known for is which, physicality. which would be very known for and I, I couldn't couldn't believe how little physicality Tyrone brought to the game yeah and that's like you were saying about Kerry retreating back but like Tyrone did that and didn't have any impact didn't have any you know didn't didn't push up on him didn't as you said didn't get a tackle in but what was actually interesting was listening to Sean Kavanagh afterwards when they were interviewing him. And, like, he probably feels, uh, you know, he's got the work done this year and he can walk away from the game and he did his best and he actually was asked that question. And he actually made the point about um, about his Tyrone team that, like, he said it's a phenomenal team, phenomenal attitude. The training was, like, there was no stone unturned with regards to fitness, football, gym work, anything like that. And yet they couldn't lay a finger on Dublin. He said he can't understand how far apart the gol- you know, the golfing yeah, class and fitness is. Well, was that not the system that they set up though from this kind of zonal? No, 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 no. I'm, thing, not, like, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying like the fact that like you have a a talented Tyrone team who actually have 
pretty much walked through to this position, yeah. you know, a, a semi-finalist. But the fact that like they've trained so hard and they come up against a Dublin unit, which is just unstoppable at the moment. Mm. They're phenomenal. Like, and there's only there's only one team that well, can match yeah. with them. That's me. Also, it's, it's kind of good. It's going to be a final like that. But yeah, I think I think it's the point that you made, John. That is that they are very similar in style. Me, although they both be having a go. I think the point that a lot of people are making is that you have to have a go against Dublin. If mm. you invite Dublin on to you, like Tyrone did at the weekend, they'll just pick you off. And reading, I was reading Jim McGuinness in the Irish Times um, on Tuesday there. He was saying that Dublin had nearly 300 hand passes, whereas Tyrone had 150. So normally it's the other way around the Ulster team against the Leinster team would have, would have double the amount of hand passes. But Dublin just tied around yeah. with them. And, and then we saw there, we said... They're very Kip, patient. Kieran Kilkenny, what did he have? 63, 63 possessions. Yeah. 63 possessions. But he never gives the ball away. No. So they just worked it, worked it, worked it, and worked their score every time. You know, and like 300 hand passes is... It's yeah. just not something you normally associate with Dublin. But I think this is the more controlled style that they're playing with now. They're more disciplined, whereas before they were a bit more kind of gung-ho, that they're, they're not afraid to just build it up slowly I, ju- I just think though going back to the basics of any GA sport especially in the backs you mark your man and I just felt that Tyrone were not marking their men they weren't sticking tight to them they were giving them three yards and if you give a Dublin lad three yards you might as well give him 30 yards because mm. he's going to put it over the bar yeah. you've got some of the best kickers in the game you've got Paddy Andrews you've got Dean Rock you've got Kilkenny like these Paddy guys. Andrews was brilliant on, on yeah. uh, Sunday wasn't he and I was just telling Liam Paddy Phenomenal. Andrews made his debut in 2009 in an Allard quarterfinal at cornerback and he got cleaned out by the gooch. And now he's actually Dublin's kind of marquee man here. He doesn't have the pace. But the minute he has a millisecond, he'll kick it from anywhere yeah. over the bar. He's, he's got phenomenal accuracy. Uh, and a great kind of right peg or left peg on him. So, so I suppose looking towards the final now, obviously we'll, we'll cover that in a couple of weeks with a bit of, with a, bit of a preview. But initial thoughts on, on Dublin Mayo with the likes of Dear McConnell. Surely he'll come back in for the final. We all predicted that he would start on Sunday. He didn't. Didn't come on to the 69th minute. Mm. What I loved about the game, though, you, we can kind of slag the Dublin lads because Eric Lowndes was warming up with number 12 yeah. on the back, and sure, the Dublin fans in the hill are so bloody fickle. They're like the Man United fans. They're coming down to watch a football match. Mm. They thought it was Connolly, and they started cheering him, which, which, which kind of shows the, the, the character of the crew on the hill. They haven't a clue what they're on about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the Mayo-Dublin final is it's very interesting. I think the last two years, Mayo have drawn and lost the replay by a point. Um, they're going to play the exact same type of game. They're not going to change their game for Dublin. They might do one or two small tactical things. I think it'll be very interesting to see where Aidan O'Shea plays. Will he be a centre-back and full-back against Dublin, where they don't really have a Donaghy type player? Couldn't um, see that happening. Yeah, so that, that's, yeah. that's interesting. I don't, I don't know what they'll do with that one. Uh, I think I'm sure they'll sit back and ha- have a look at it. But I think Mayo will go gung-ho at Dublin. Um, the, optimis- the optimism in me thinks Mayo might have a chance. I think a lot of people around uh, the country will think that nobody can put their hands in the dubs this year and it's three in a row and that's guaranteed but they said that about Kerry teams in the past as well and at the final when they hadn't been tested that they kind of Armagh came up against them and took it off them so I, I'd give a optimistic nod to Mayo Yeah, yeah look, we'll talk about it in more detail in, in the coming weeks but it's definitely one to look forward to I think, I think we said we're glad it's not Dublin and Kerry because I think we could see what way that one was going to go um, so it's great to see Mayo back there and fingers crossed We'll see a bit of history either way because the three row three in a row hasn't been done in recent times in in, in football. I think it's nearly is it the eighties, Kerry. The eighties, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's over well over twenty years. So either that or we'll see the curse being broken for Mayo, which would be fantastic as well. But anyway, that's we we leave the football there. Okay, so coming up next is our preview of the All Ireland hurling final, and I was delighted to be joined on the line by Richie Foley over the weekend. He took the time out to speak to us. 
and give us, I suppose, some insights on his time at Waterford and the lead up to today, All Ireland back in 2008. I know that brings up painful memories for you, Giggles, but you know. Yeah, bad day. It was a bad day. I remember it vividly. I stayed till the very end because I was actually mesmerised by the performance that Kilkenny gave that day. But uh, I did myself actually. <laughs> it was a dark day for well, most Waterford fans. It was a dark day for me as well. Yeah, okay. Well, look, we, we won't say anymore. We'll just go straight into the interview with Richie, and after that, we'll be back with our insights. In one single moment, your whole life can turn round. I stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Things were just going through my head, you know, and because like, you know, I don't want to leave the people of Warford down, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Warford are my life, you know, and I, I, I love, I love, I love my county, you know. We love John I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Richie Foley, former Watford hurler, Abbey Side man. Thanks very much, Richie, for joining in. Thanks, Liam. Thanks, thanks for having me. But sorry, but you're injured at the moment, Richie. Um, how is that going for you? Ah, well, it's tough, Liam. It's tough, Liam. It's uh, I got a bit of bad news. It started July this year playing a. Uh, League football with Ballinacorty one Sunday morning and uh, got a bit of a collision to my knee and I ended up doing my my medial and my cruciate ligament to my knee. So look, it's 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 a it's bad news. It's very disappointing. It's it's uh it's probably going to be twelve months out of action. So disappointing. But um, I just kind of my attitude towards it now is just putting the head down and and getting on with getting on with the rehab and getting getting the surgery done and kind of going from there then and hopefully I'll come back a bit stronger next year. Fantastic, fantastic. And Richie. You're not a stranger to injury, I suppose. You had you had the two hip operations as well a couple of years ago, and how are they going at the moment? Obviously, you're actually yeah, yeah, like hip, hip, yeah. It's funny. It's, it's when you look back at it, it's mad. It's mad, really, that that I've gone through that during my career. But hips fine. Hips are fine now. I I had three years in a row where I had hip surgery. Um, kind of gone. It's twenty twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. So I'd have been twenty three, twenty four, twenty five then. So like, really not ideal. At the time, but look, yeah, hip-wise, fine. I'm over it, uh, and I've kind of a bigger problem now with my knee. But look, it's 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 not the end of the world. I'll, I'll be alright. Good stuff. Good stuff. And moving on to more positive things. Obviously, your native county, Watford, into that Ireland final, and is the atmosphere starting to build down there? Absolutely. I yeah, know it's it's fantastic. The lads are there. They've they've had a they've been kind of knocking on the door the last few years, and it's just brilliant to see that they've made made a final. Now it's all about getting to a final. And they're there now, so it's brilliant. But uh, yeah, I'm like I'm based in Dublin, and I was home there last weekend. And you can see the blue and white is is everywhere. Like as soon as you you cross the border there, the blue and white, it's, the cut the color is there, and and people are are so excited. Like it's the the main topic of conversation, and and for anyone who you meet in town or whatever. But yeah, it's brilliant. Like it's the the build up will be exciting for the fans and. Uh, um, like the players will have their heads down, they won't get caught up in it. But it's it's brilliant, it's brilliant for the county. It's it's, it's great to be there. Richie, you were obviously on the panel back in two thousand and eight. What was it like to be involved in the build up to that final? Yeah, no, two thousand and eight. It's madly, but it's, it's it's nine years ago now. And looking back, it's it was there was great times again getting to the final. But the build up itself, like we had a similar build, like lead time to the final in two thousand and eight. We had three weeks to preparation. Um, the build-up itself was great. Again, like like now, everyone was excited. It was the main topic of conversation. Um, but like training-wise and preparation-wise, it was brilliant in 2008. Like Davy, Davy was our manager. Obviously, he had us like really. It was had us flying. Like the lads were were in great condition. They were hopefully we thought we were going to be peaking at the right time. 
the, the training wise intensity was brilliant um, and we were just caught on the day by a phenomenally like a brilliant brilliant Kenny team who just blew us away and uh, like like say us I was obviously on the panel I, I, I had no I had no part to play in that game I was part of it but uh, from looking in from this from the sand the lads just got blown away in the first 10 minutes and like Eddie Brennan scored a few goals and it was just very very difficult to come back from having a bad start and that was it but uh, preparation wise you're probably very unlucky Rick you're probably very unlucky that year, Richie, to meet that Kilkenny team at their peak. Yeah. You know, for Waterford to get to the first All Ireland final in a long time and then to come to come up against that Kilkenny team. It was just it was probably bad timing rather than anything else for, for that for that Waterford team. It was, yeah. And like what people actually forget was the year before, two thousand seven, was probably Waterford's best chance to win All Ireland. They'd won the league, we'd won Munster, we we got into a semi final, then playing after beating Cork after two two games in a in a in a quarter final two after a replay we then met Limerick in a in a semi final and were just caught massively on the hop that day and that was probably Waterford's best chance. That that group of players as opposed to two thousand eight. It was great to get there but you know, timing wise again probably like the year before was probably the better year for us as a group to try and win the Ireland as opposed to two thousand eight. Um but look, again we're just caught by a f- Unbelievable, Kilkenny. Team. And obviously, Richie, we're into the like I said, the week build up now. What was the week build up like that in two thousand eight? Like, what was the atmosphere around Waterford like? Or those last one or two training sessions? What was it like to be in, in around the camp? It was, it was, it was, it was great. Like again, just being in the final is brilliant. But I think, uh, hopefully now this like it's great that Kevin and Kev Moore and Brick are still involved because they'll be able to take learnings now from the preparation in two thousand eight. I think the preparation itself was was brilliant. It was. The the like the atmosphere as you're saying around the, around the town and the county was brilliant. Um, one thing that I kind of hope that doesn't happen happen this time around is you know these kind of open training sessions for the public. I remember back in 2008 there was two of those, one in Welsh Park and one in Dungarvan, and there must have been 20,000 people there, and it was just bananas. It was crazy, and it look it didn't affect our preparation, but I think you need to give the players every opportunity just to to kind of keep it low key. Don't bring bring those type of things on on the team, and I I don't know if there's one one happening now the next week or so, but I hope 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 there won't be, um, purely because it was just a bit too crazy. Like just give the management and the the, the team the opportunity to just keep everything in house, keep it all low key, and don't don't like I know it'd be great for the fans, but I think just take every opportunity to keep it kind of low key and 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 put the head down and. Yeah, you think you would think that Derek McGrath, I suppose that would be at the back of his mind straight away was in the build up this week to, to keep the boys grounded and to keep their I suppose their heads focused on 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 this on Sunday coming up because like those distractions no matter what if it's your first All Ireland final I can't imagine what it's like that build up and seeing the especially the Warfare fans are such passionate fans and it can be, you could see how you could get caught up in that. You know, and I remember I was reading an article by Jackie Turl in the Irish Times a few weeks ago talking about the build-up to his first All-Ireland um, that he was going to be playing in back in 2006 and he said that he went for a walk down around Kilkenny on the, the day before the match and he shouldn't have, but he he just was kind of at a loose end trying to pass the day and he kind of got caught up in it, he said. And he, it's something that he, in other finals he, he wouldn't do again, that he kind of just buried himself away in the house, but that the, for that first one that he was kind of got sucked into the atmosphere around... Kenny. Yeah, no, I think it, like I think it's it's easier said than done. You know, I think it's, uh, you know, in a way, 
you just need to keep it as low-key as you can. You need to treat it as, a, as another game, I think. If, if it becomes more than just another game, I know it's very it's, it's easy to say that, but I think if they just treat it, the preparation should be very similar to what they're doing for the last three years because they have they've been they've been a very good team like their preparation has been excellent so for a final i think if if at every opportunity possible i think if they if if derek can just treat this final like another game take every opportunity to keep it low key to keep it in house i think the better um and i know that's easier said than done it's an all Ireland final it's a massive game it's the biggest game the lads will ever play um but I think the like Derek is smart. He's very very smart man. He's he I think he thinks differently to a lot of different a lot of managers out there. And I think he'll have all that sorted. And it's brilliant that as I said before that Brick and Kevin are there because they can they can they can learn. They've they'll obviously they were there in 2008, but they'll they'll help him along the way to make sure that it is low key and that it's hopefully just another game for them. And just on on Derek McGrath, I suppose he's come in in 2014 and. I suppose he's brought a different style of play to Waterford. I suppose it's a lot different than the style of play that you would have been used to, Richie, when you were involved from 2008 onwards and, and the system he's brought in. I suppose, how do you how do you find looking on at that system now and how that Waterford team play compared to the, I suppose, the Waterford teams of even going back, obviously you were involved with Ju- when Justin McCarthy was there as well and how that style of hurling is, is a lot different than the current style. How do you, how, how do you what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's... it's you know, it's 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 definitely an interesting topic. I think um, I remember even in the early days, like in 2014, when, De- when Derek came in first, we didn't have a we didn't play a sweeper, but like we were like we 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 were not defence oriented, but we had we there was a lot of emphasis put on protecting each other. Like so, as midfielders and half forwards, there was a, an emphasis on dropping a bit deeper. You know, being aware of who's behind you, making sure that you're protecting and covering people. Um, but like, and that was, and but that's the norm. I think Kilkenny have been doing that with years, you know. Um, in terms of 2008 versus now, in terms of style, um, you know, it was very much off the cuff in, in 2008. Like again, to looking back in the, t- the tactics, um, and the style of play, again, we there was an emphasis on dropping a bit deeper, but again, no sweeper system. Um, Derek has employed that, and I think it's working very well for them. I think. Um, Watford are probably have perfected the sweeper system. I don't think it's an, a negative thing, but I think it does it does put a a huge kind of not pressure or emphasis, but kind of um, the forwards and the midfielders are so important to that system. Like I think the backs will always be okay. There'll be that extra man there. They'll be protected, but it's really it's Kevin Moran and Jamie Barron are the men who really make Watford tick. So if they can. If they can kind of play to the heights that they've been playing, I think the the sweeper system itself will be okay in the final. If not, it it'll be a big question mark in the final. I think. Yeah, and I think I think on that, like I think obviously Warford have played without the sweeper. I think it was against Cork in one of the games this year. It didn't go so well, and they went they went back to playing it. I think being honest, as a as a follower hurling and a watcher of of games or over the summer, like there's even though they are playing the sweeper, it's not bad to watch like against Cork they were still very enjoyable to watch obviously when Cork went to men down the game opened up and they just ran ran over the top of them but still they still play a, a variation of different passes short balls long balls they're well able to recycle the ball they hit their target man when Morris comes on that you know it's 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 a different way of playing hurling but like I think like you said the negativity that's around it is probably it doesn't stack up really because Derek has brought a, a consistency to Waterford that probably wasn't there in maybe 
2008 onwards that they lacked that bit of consistency like you know what you're going to get from Waterford the last two years they were they should have probably beaten Kilkenny in the Ireland semi-final last year they beat them this year and you just know what you're going to get when they play that system I think the Waterford players seem very comfortable with it and I suppose what's your thoughts on obviously Sunday's coming up with Tyke de Burka uh, coming back in that even though he was missing the last day Waterford, the Waterford defence didn't skip a beat. Where do you think he'll come back in? Yeah, I think I think like obviously Tyg will come straight back in. There's no doubt about that. I think Dard done a phenomenal job um, in the semi-final. Like again, just literally in you go, off you, you know, next man in, and he done the job brilliantly. Ty come back in. I do think Ty will be the sweeper. Um, I think Dara will be like obviously he'll, he'll have 15 on his back, but he'll be obviously centre back. He'll he'll play that centre back position. Um, or in, maybe in a, he'll he'll play either play that hole in the middle and centre back, or he'll he'll be just in the half back line somewhere on somebody. You know what I mean? Because Tyg Tyg will be that sweeper, um, and uh, yeah, that's that for me. That's what that's what'll happen. I think. Yeah, and um, where do you think the winning and losing of this game is, Richie? Um, it's interesting. It's really interesting. Um, I'm looking really like it's 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 going to be a really fascinating game. I think the team who who starts better will have a will will that whoever starts better. I think. Will have a great chance. Um, uh, like Water being a defensive team, um, they have to kind of be on the front foot. They need to be with Galway or ahead of Galway coming up to halftime. Because um, the one thing with the sweeper system is it doesn't really suit a team that trails. So, um, like I think Water will put a huge emphasis on their their intensity in the first ten minutes. They'll try and come out of the blocks flying. They'll try to be in Galway's face and try and hit Galway with an intensity that they haven't seen all year and if they can do that they have a great chance so that for me a big factor is that the team who starts better um, like Waterford had a great start uh, against Cork last year and they had a very good start against Wexford as well if you can remember like Brick's performance in both games in that first 20 minutes and Kevin Moore's performance in the last two games was brilliant so if those lads can start the same way they've done in the last two games in the final, the water really do have a good chance. So that's a, that's a big thing for me, I think. And obviously, you talk about the start, but I think what we've seen with Warford in the last couple of games is how they finish. And I think if you've been tuned into a couple of our podcasts, John Heenan calls them the finishers yeah. when when Derek starts to unload yeah. the bench at around yeah. fifty minutes. And obviously, Morris has been coming off the bench and doing quite well. Do you think Morris would start? Will start on Sunday? And if not, would you start him? Um, he I don't the finishers. Yeah, no, it's it's a really good good uh, word to put on the lads coming on because that's the the impact they're, they're having on games is that they actually are getting Watford over the line or just assuring the win in the end in the last few games um, in terms so they will have a massive impact in final for Morris starting I'd love to start him personally I'd, I'd start him every game I think he's too good to be left on the bench but you can't you look at the impact he's having I think Derek has a very good uh, tactic up his sleeve for Morris and I think th- I think it's great to see him coming on but personally I'd love to see him start so I think he won't start the final unfortunately um, but he will come on and have a huge huge say in the game yeah and I think I think when he comes on he's normally the first one on of, of those finishers I think he gives everyone a huge lift I think because def- when the ball goes into him I think you touched on there the way that Warford setup is that there's obviously only a certain amount of forwards inside the 45 but when the ball goes into Morris it seems to stick and I think if, like you said, if Waterford are up with with fifteen minutes to go and the ball is going on top of Morris, like he will hold up that ball. I think that was crucial the last in the last couple of games. Yeah, Morris is brilliant. Morris is great because he doesn't like he can he can play that 
that 2-1-1 duel like there'd be two defenders on him because of the defensive system that Watford played when Watford when Morris inside there'd always be an extra defender but he can play that he can play the 2-1-1 excellently well like really really well and like it could be high ball coming in it could be left to right of him it could be it could be low you know it could be over his head and he will like torment those defenders and he'll either sick or he'll win a clean or he'll hold it up and and Cavalry will come in and support him and that's why I'd love to see him start to be honest because he can do that um, really really well um, so like he'll ha- he will have a massive say in the final like I've no doubt about it and obviously I suppose the big talking point from Warford this year and I suppose aside from, from Morris has been Jamie Byrne I think it's been probably his breakthrough year for Waterford um, do you think if himself and Kevin get more and get on top of the middle of the field that could be obviously a, another huge talking point about which way this final could go absolutely you know it's it's one of when you, when you ask the question you know you know what, what why would Watford win or you know what would it take for Watford to win a final like the midfield battle is probably the biggest factor I think in 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 the winning and losing of the game like Morn Kevin and Jamie have been just phenomenal this year you know uh like uh Jamie got 2-1 two, two, one in the semi-final he got 1-3 against Kilkenny Kevin got 1-4 the la- or sorry he got 4 points last day and he got one one three or four against Wexford. So like the midfield contribution from Watford has been unbelievable. Like that's why I think it's such a big thing in the final. If if Watford can win that midfield battle they've a massive massive chance. And the midfielders are even more important with a with a defensive system because you can clearly see they have license to bomb forward and to join because the position purely because of the positions where you can see Jamie and, and Kevin find themselves in, they're bombing forward. And they're helping the five forwards up there. You know, they're chipping in with the scores and making the difference. And it'll be interesting to see actually what Galway do. Like, will will uh, David Burke and Johnny Cohn will they man mark? Will they try and play their normal game? Like, or will they just, or will they just try and really stick to the lads, the water lads? It'll be really inter- interesting to see. Yeah, you'd be worried if Jamie Barron was left off the hook by Galway because he he just seems to get into these positions for those those goals. And I know it was. Cork went down to 14 men but against Kilkenny even he just has this burst of pace and is a great reader of when the ball is going to come across like to get into that position and yeah. Austin Gleeson obviously still had to pick him out but and he's well able to finish oh he's he's, he's a super player like brilliant like he, you mentioned his movement but like just the fitness levels that those lads have at the moment are they're frightening like it's just unbelievable what they're doing like as midfielders and it's not like they're not covering back either they they are they are kind of, they're everywhere you know but they're they're really doing the damage on the scoreboard which is brilliant for Watford you know because of that defensive system the the forwards do need every bit of help they can get and what the lads are the lads are the difference I think the midfielders have been the difference um, and Jamie has been just brilliant like absolutely brilliant he's he um, he's all the skills and uh, to kind of to make a huge impact on the game and, and he it's just great to see and, and I hope they can do it again in the final you're, you're obviously we're talking about the midfield battle as well and the forwards but I think going back to the last day with Conor Gleeson getting sent off how big a loss is he for Watford on Sunday oh, it's, it's, it's absolutely it's, Liam it's absolutely massive like people don't under understand really the the impact there um, losing Conor because he's just been brilliant you know he he came out of nowhere in a way where last year I, I think we had a was there an injury last year and he came in he was a late starter in one of the games I think the first Kilkenny game and he was just thrown in there and uh, and he kind of stuck he obviously done, done he kind of a bit of an unsung hero last year 
got got stuck in, just done a good job on Walter Welch last year and this year then he's just been in from the start and it's been great to see that he that he can just he's well able for it. He's there's a bit of development in him, he's not he plays on the edge, he's like an incredible athlete and, and a brilliant hurler and he'll be a massive loss in the final. Like if you look at his year this year, like the first day against Cork, he like he was mar- he was marking Shane Kingston who had a, ma- a brilliant league and kept him very quiet even though we lost the game. And then since then he's done great job, man marking jobs. Um like Connor McDonald against Wexford, uh, obviously Connor Lahan in the semi final and he he's just that person who can mark mark a man and do a job really well for the team and he'll be a big, big, big loss in the final. Like it can't be underestimated the, the loss that he will be. And uh, it's really unfortunate that he's missing the final but um, we we hope someone like Kieran Bennett or you know someone like that can come in and do a job similar to what Connor so would do. So do you think it will be Kieran who will come in, or hold on? I suppose he did start the last day. I think so. Yeah. In fairness to the lad, he like he didn't get much league time this year, and it, and it was had hadn't played a championship, and he came in in an All Ireland semi final, and in fairness, him didn't put a foot wrong. So I wouldn't. I'd be very surprised if someone else comes in ahead of him. Um, I think he'll do. I think he'll be just kind of given a man marking job, and and he'll do it. Like if he can do what he done in the semi final, he'll be fine. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I, I expect him to come come straight in. Obviously, Ty will come in and Dara will remain, and uh, I think Kieran will, will will do a job. Yeah. And so, what's your prediction then, Richie? What way do you actually think it will go on Sunday? See, it's, it's it's I'd love to say like my heart obviously says Waterford, and I but I I do believe Waterford will win. But it's not as simple as they will win. Like they have to get a lot of things right. They have to start well. They have to win midfield. You know. They have to get the matchups right. I think they got the matchups right in the semi-final. They need to get the matchup right right again in the final. Um, and then like one big thing for me is, you know, is it is it Ozzy's final or is it Joe's final? You know, <laughs> which one of those lads performs it will also have a huge impact in the game. I do think I think Watford will win. Um, but Ozzy and Joe will be interesting to see which which man takes the final and owns the final because they're two two great men. Um, and they'll they'll be a big a big, big a big thing in the final. Yeah, I think that especially with Austin Gleeson, obviously the talk after the the semi final was whether you know he was going to get suspended and all that. And I think the f- the fact that that's been cleared up nice and quick, nice and early for Waterford that having there's no circus around that like there was with the tight of work and the build up to the semi final. I think I think it's an interesting, yeah. like you said, yeah. the battle between Joe and Austin, even though they mightn't come into contact with each other too much on Sunday. I think whoever has the the bigger game potentially there. I think you're right. It could, it could be, it could be a winner, like a game changer on either side. No, I think, I think so. Yeah, like, like it's great that Ozzy's off. He got, he got off. He's in the clear, and 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 as you said, it was done early, so that helps preparations well, you know. Um, but like those two men, whoever, like it'd be great if both of them play well, you know, for the for the fans watching in. But I think if like Austin has to start well, he has to play. Well, like for the majority of the game, like he was brilliant the last day, but he only kind of kicked into gear in the fifty-fifth minute, um, and obviously went to town like the way he can. But I think he, we Water really need him, like even if he gets one or two scores in the first half, that you know that's that that'll be okay. I think that'll help. Um, but like we 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 can't afford him to kind of kick into gear in the fifty-fifth minute. I think we need him kind of tipping away in the first half and then really driving into a second half. And um, having a big say in the final, like it'll be, it'll be, it's really important for for Watford. Have you your tickets started, Richie? I do, I do, Liam. Thank God. Uh, one of the girls in work um, got me two premium tickets for the Cusick stands. I'm oh, delighted. Lovely. Very, very happy. And and 
I got it early as well, so it's like the Austin situation. I I was able the pressure was off me. <laughs> I got it got it got him sorted early, so it's brilliant. Yeah, no delight and I can can't wait for it. it's gonna be it's gonna be a great game, I think. Yeah, Ireland final day is always a special day and obviously from being a, a Kilkenny man, I've been a, a few of them the last few years. But I'm actually really looking forward to this one, seeing two teams in it that haven't been supposed to have faced each other in an Ireland final I think and also that whoever wins hasn't won it in 29 plus years so yeah. I think it's it's fantastic for Hurland to have Waterford and Galway there obviously there's been great finals between Kilkenny and Tipo over the last few years but I think it's fantastic to see two teams that look obviously you know no one will begrudge any of them a win outside of outside of Waterford and Galway you know I think it's, it's fantastic for Hurland and like Cork also brought uh, some great colour to the championship this year as well it was, it was nice Nice in a way that there was and likes of Wexford and things like that. You know, it was a, it was a quite a different championship this year. I feel it was, and it was just purely because of the the, the impact that other teams had uh, outside of the Kilkenny and Wexford or outside of Kilkenny and Tipperary. You know, it was great, and it's it's certainly the same for the final. It's great that it's a new team are going to be on our on Ireland champions, and uh, the more teams that can step up like that in the future, the better. I think for the game. Just before we finish up, obviously one of our co-host on G.A. GEA is, is John Heenan. I know you worked with, with John in, in Paddy Power back in Dublin before John came out here. Now John tells me that if he was still back in Warford Hurling there's more that he'd be on the panel for Sunday. What are your thoughts on that? Oh jeez. Uh, he was a good man. He was, <laughs> he was a good man for uh, pucks at lunchtime in Paddy Power in fairness and we were out we were out hurling most, most lunchtimes and uh He's a he's a nippy corner forward, so uh, and, and a quite a confident man. So I'm not surprised to hear that he he still thinks he's something to offer. Um, um, but no, you <laughs> yeah, he talks about he he talks about those puck rounds at lunchtime. But I think from talking to you, my understanding is that he was just poking the ball out as you were hitting the ball over the bar. So he he kind of tells he he tells a different story. No, no, he was just collecting the balls for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and John is John is a great man, a nippy corner forward, as I said. And uh, I still I still wouldn't fancy marking him now. I wouldn't like to be a. I'd, I'd certainly like to sweep system in front of me if I was marking him for a bit of protection because he's <laughs> he uh, he's a uh, he's uh, he's a colourful character and he's not afraid to to kind of he's a bit lippy as well in the corner forward in the corner forward position. So um, I'm not surprised to hear that he still thinks he has something to offer. And who knows, Derek Derek might give him the call for Sun for Sunday week. Yeah, he won't be booking his flights now. Look, that's great, Richie. Look, thanks very much for for joining us on G'day GA. Thanks for giving us your time and um, enjoy the build up and fingers crossed you'll do the business next Sunday. Yeah, no, thanks, team. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, hopefully Walford will do the business and uh, we'll be celebrating uh, come September 4th. that was a very enjoyable interview Richie I enjoyed having a, having a chat with him um, I was in I was in UCC with him for a few years so it was good catching up with him but it was good getting his insights especially on 2008 but probably the favourite part of the interview for me was uh, his dig at giggles about the way he used to collect the balls from at those lunchtime puck rounds <laughs> yeah I, I came up against Richie a few times he'd usually be out centre back on midfield now for Abbey side and I, oh, he'd be right I'd be stuck in the corner but I remember the first time I marked Richie actually was uh, around 2004 or five, we were playing a championship under 21 final against Abbeyside and, and I was actually county under 21 at the time and 
we knew that they had this 16 or 17 year old lad inside in corner back and I was kind of sent in thinking that I might get the better of this lad and it was probably after about 15 minutes I gave the nod to the lad to go back into corner forward he was absolutely cleaned me out of it <laughs> 16 years of age and I was 21 it was a bad of a memory <laughs> but I knew he was destined for big things after that yeah no he he, he had a great career at Waterford um, and it's probably unlucky not to, to collect that other medal maybe back in 2008 and had a couple of chances after that but he also had a very good I suppose description of you as well as described you as a lippy corner forward I think that was Nippy, not no lippy. lippy. Yeah, he was actually definitely wasn't nippy. Anyway, it was it, it was definitely lippy. I think he, I think he was on the on the money there. But, but before we get into just some more of his insights, and I suppose I want to get your insights as well. Just quickly, what I spoke to him about obviously the Conor Gleeson omission, and he thought it was it was going to be massive. You know that like he's, he thinks he's very much underrated. I suppose even within Waterford itself, in terms of the impact he had on that team. But we actually ran a poll just based on that conversation we had around Conor Gleeson and he's sending off obviously me and John had a, a bit of a disagreement about his action I, I call it petulant John thought that was a gross exaggeration but we ran a poll on Twitter saying was at Lenny KK accurate in episode 2 of G GA when he described Conor Gleeson as petulant for getting sent off so he had four options first option yes second option definitely third option absolutely and fourth option maybe not so the results came in obviously a lot of listeners had a very strong opinion on this <laughs> 77% said yes, 15% definitely, 8% absolutely, and 0 said maybe not. So I think you have to go to listeners, Shawnee. What do you definitely, think? Definitely, I, I, you have to go to listeners or dinner. I just, I'd throw the question back and I'd ask, is Tommy Welch petulant when he clapped Brian Gavin across the nose of the hurley in 2005? No, 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 no. He, wasn't, he wasn't aiming for it. <laughs> he got him by accident. That was pure accident, yeah. You're letting yourself down. We move on. You're letting yourself down there. You're digging a hole. You're better off moving on. Anyway, the people have spoken and we agree with them. So moving on, obviously, to the game. We're very, very excited. Um... And I suppose Richie's biggest thing, which he picked out, I think, was the midfield battle between. I suppose you think it's going to be Dye Burke is going to take Kevin Moore and Giggs. I reckon David Burke, not Dye. Oh, Dye Burke, sorry, Dye Dave Burke, Burke, Burke back, sorry, lads. David Burke, and, and only because Johnny Cohn is a natural cornerback or wingback, and he's played there all his life, and I think this is only the first or second year he's out midfield, so I think he could do a natural man marking job on Jamie Barron, who kind of is the one guy who's sneaking in behind defences, scoring goals all year, so. I'd imagine Johnny Cohn will, will line up Mark and Jamie Barron and I reckon then he'll have a titanic battle over on the other side with Kevin Moore and, Do- and David Burke who both like to get forward, who both like to defend, who both link to play a lot. So it's 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 a huge battleground actually in, in midfield and they're probably four of the best midfielders in the country at the moment. Um, Jamie Barron and Kevin Moore are probably tipped for the two All-Stars right now based on the fact that they've probably played better than the other two guys. But... Uh, I think I think it's a serious battleground there, and I wouldn't like to be predicting who wins it. Yeah, I think what Richie's point was was interesting about about Jamie Barron, just the engine that he has, the fitness of these guys. That like, yeah. I think it hasn't been seen literally. Like the ground he covers up and down the field, and especially in those last ten or fifteen minutes, Richie said he did it against Kilkenny, got the goal, did it against Cork. He's phenomenal yeah. to watch the way he, the burners, even in the last ten minutes, just come on. I but think it was most impressive against Kilkenny, like because that was a much tighter game and. He, he, the amount of ground he covered that day and got in for a goal as well the same day. Um, with Cork, I'm not, yeah, he probably did cover a lot of ground that day, but I suppose, again, we'll hark back to the fact that there was loads of space there for him to go up and down there and then there was man down. Yeah, I think J- J- Jamie Barron, though, is kind of like Chaffee's Patrick in that he started his career at corner forward. He probably played minor in the 21 for Watford at corner forward and then was kind of thrown out midfield and he's thrived out there. Mm-hmm. Like you, you get some corner forwards 
like myself, if I was showing out midfield, I wouldn't get in the ball in the month of Sundays. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that's how you went with that one. <laughs> but Jamie's actually, like Chaff is Patrick, the two, like, similar stature. Jamie, and we're probably moved on in, in the kind of professional era a bit in terms of fitness so he's probably a bit fitter than Chad would, would have been but um, Chad didn't have those legs <laughs> no he didn't have the burners <laughs> but they're a similar type harder getting on so much ball linking the play um, and I think that's going to be a huge area I, I think I can see but I don't know I don't think David Burke has been playing his absolute best this year compared to other years but then again in the final he's such a quality guy he's such a quality player he, he could prove you wrong on any yeah. kind of a day and, and, and from the semi-final as well Brendan Maher definitely got the better of him in the semi-final and I'd say yeah, as you said, he hasn't been having the best of years. But I mean that that performance in the semi final might might spur him on to, yeah. you know, raise his game a bit more. And he's up against the two best midfielders, as you say, in the country at the moment. And probably Jamie Barron is probably showing for hurler the year at this stage as well, going into the All Ireland final. I suppose, and I suppose, I suppose another massive battle, and and Richie picked it up as well. It's Austin Gleeson and that Warford half four line, and how do we go on against that? that Galway half-back line. You think, um, John, that Aidan Hart will be the fourth sweeper for Galway? Yeah, so Gal- Galway are going to be forced into playing a sweeper. There's no doubt about that. Uh, if Cork um, probably should have kept the sweeper for the last 10 minutes last day. So I'd imagine Aidan Hart, he probably has a bit of a midfield forward background as well, and he's back wing back now the last couple of years. He'll probably run into that sweeper role, and that'll mean they'll either probably move John Hambury or Adrian Tuohy. I'd imagine John Hambury, because uh, mm-hmm. they'll want to keep the pace of Tuohy in the full-back line. So they'll probably have Adrian Tuohy and Dahi Burke, Mark and Jake Dillon and Shane Bennett inside. It, it probably gives an opportunity to Watford because I don't think Galway have probably played this. I know they played against Wexford with the sweeper, but probably not as, as pronounced as Watford in terms of sweepers. I mean, then you've got John Hanbury going out to wing back, Mark and the brick. So there's an option there again in terms of you've got the brick really uh, kind of a old campaigner. Can he get the win the first couple of puck outs and set up Watford like he did last day? You've Austin Gleeson and Gerard McInerney. That'll be an interesting one. I, I'll be. I, I, I could be stand corrected here now, but I just I don't see Gerard McInerney. I know he's man the match last day as a phenomenal centre back just yet. If he takes out Austin Gleeson, I'll eat my words. But I, I think Austin Gleeson should have that battle. And then, but Austin the other... Gleeson won't just stay in centre forward though. Like you know what I mean? Like he will. Like he gets around the pitch a lot. You saw there the last day. Yeah. He pops up in lots of different places. He doesn't just stand there on top of the centre back. Well, 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 this is it. We might go on to talk about how the Galway forwards will operate in the sweep system later on. But he'll play a lot of the game at centre forward because he'll have to. He will go back into his backs. He'll look for ball and he'll be four on six at some stages. And then on the, on the other side, you have Parik Mahoney, Mark, and um, Parik Mannion. And the two PMs marking each other. But I think Parik Mahoney will probably go. Will, he hurls a lot around midfield. And he can strike a ball over the bar from anywhere. He's striking is phenomenal. So Mannion will have to go out and mark him. If he doesn't, you're, you're kind of relying on David Burke and Johnny Cohen to drop back and then you leave Kevin Moore and Jamie Barron free again. So it's all kind of, the Watford's play is all kind of conduced to freeing men up because other guys are going back and covering. And obviously they won't get much change inside of Dahi Burke and Adrian Toohey. Probably no. two shoe-ins for all stars this year. Yeah. And Shane I, and Jake are going to have their work cut out from in there. I think, yeah, and I think if you're like if if if, if uh, Henbury goes back in the full back line, I think you're dead right. It, or Galway couldn't afford to have him in the in the full back line because I think he could probably get caught for pace in the full back line. Um, out on the wing, I I see him, I see Brick beating him out there in the wing. I think Brick is just too much experience. Brick is nailed on for an all star. Yeah. yeah. Um, as far as the Arsene Gleeson point, I think if I think. If I was Galway, I'd put a man marker on Gaston Gleeson. I mean, corked it and held him for the majority of the game until we were, we were down to 14 in, the, in that game. 
And that's what I think that's the only way to, to manage Austin Gleeson because he will roam, as Liam said. Gar- if he sits back on Gar- Garrod McInerney, I think Garrod will. Uh, yeah, probably hard to see him dominating Austin Gleeson, but I'd say he w- he would definitely get there to to break even. Like he's a big, physical, powerful man. Like um, he was so good in the air against. Yeah, team. like Bonner Mar was completely neutralized. By your own last, you know, I know Austin is a completely different Austin player. Will, he will, as Richie said in the interview there, he will produce a bit of magic, um, and I think that's that's what Waterfall definitely need up there. Like, and that, and, and on top of the the finishers, as uh, Giggles pronounces us, um, I think that's that's what they'll definitely need there. Now, you're winged in Parigmani and um, Manion. I don't think you'll get much change out of. Uh, Parig Mannion there but you know he could nip in for a few so it's very he's very very tight looking at those matchups w- what you said there though actually kind of struck a chord with me if they go for a man marker for Gleeson they won't have it at McInerney he won't be running around the field just to no. size him like no. a Parig Mannion could be the man they might do that swap because Gerard mm. McInerney and Parig Maher Parig Mahoney wouldn't be noted for his pace you know what I mean he's mm. a deadly striker but he, he struggles at, on the pace so Galway might make that, sway, that, mm. that switch because it'll be, it'll be horses for courses on the day um mm. Um, but then again, uh, Michael Dunhu hasn't tended to change his team too much this year. Forwards fl- flip around a small bit, but his backs and his midfield have been very set. I think that's been a key to Galway this year, that they've had that consistency oh, yeah. in the backs. Now, before we go on to the Galway forwards, just back to, to Richie's interview, he was talking about, I suppose, the build-up in, in Waterford itself, um, and about how he was involved in 2008 and the excitement around you know, those open training sessions he thought they were, you know, they were crazy. I think he had you know, 20,000 people down there in, in Dungarvan and, and in the field. Um, and I suppose that he, he was flagging that, that that's not a kind of a concern he might have in the, in the build up to this that he'd hope Derek McGrath would have kind of cut out those open training sessions have you heard anything John as what's happening back in Waterford yeah I haven't heard too much the one thing I say about the media is that Waterford are fairly in the focus but even the, the supporters even the but, supporters but in, in terms of you know you, you always see two teams coming through and I, I just have a bit of a nervousness that Galway there's not a word about Galway in this all Ireland mm. final it's all about Waterford. It's all about John Milan riding naked on a horse down the road. <laughs> it's all about the 2008 That's and what true. happened. But Galway are just totally silent. I haven't heard yeah. Joe Canning. You haven't heard David Burke. You haven't heard Michael Dunhu. They're giving nothing away. Mm. So uh, I, I, I reckon that there was, uh, during 2008, it was absolutely mental. Uh, you, you'd you heard Richie there. Cr- crazy numbers. Crazy. And like I remember Dan walking down the street in Lismore and young lads and young ones going over to him looking for autographs. And he couldn't walk between John O'Gorman's and the Red House and about 20 people were kind of on top of him and I'd imagine it's similar at the moment but I reckon there's probably an, more of an appreciation with the war for people now that the players need to be left alone so I, I'd hope it wouldn't be an issue but I am a little bit of a, a, bit, a bit nervous about how quiet Galway are keeping yeah. I, don't, I don't know though I, I, there, is, there much, is there much more coverage on, on Waterford there, there probably is, is already the John Milan issue but no it, there is I, I, was even, I was reading the Times just today and there was a piece with um Owen Murphy, who obviously was that scorer back in 2008, he's marking Eddie Brennan, and he did a piece of Malachy Clerken, and he was just saying about how in 2008, I learned that the three weeks before were the, the three best weeks of his life, and after I learned it was the worst six weeks of his life, you know, and that the build-up was phenomenal in Waterford, and obviously they were going in, which obviously thought they had a huge chance, and rightly so, they had been they had a great year, but they just couldn't, they were just blown away by those, in those first 10 minutes. I don't think that's going to happen on Sunday, there's, there's not, I think it's going to be, it's going to right, come right down to it. I think Richie's point about the sweeper, and we might talk about that and how he impacts the Galway forwards, that when you play a sweeper, that it doesn't suit a team who's trailing. 
So he thinks that Waterford need to be either up at half time or within a point or two because if you're down by more than that, it's very hard playing a sweeper to get on top. And how do you think, John and, and Sean, that the Galway forwards will operate against this sweeper system? Because I, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, have they come up against it? Was they come up against it against no, Wexford? Wexford, Wexford and I, I don't think um, you can judge yeah. them on that. But Waterford, it's, it's their bread and yeah. butter as a sweeper. Yeah, it's interesting. So I think one point I'd say that Richie made as well is that if Austin Gleeson gets going from minute one, I reckon Watford will be ahead at half time and I reckon that'll suit him down to the ground. If Galway can nullify Austin Gleeson, we're going to struggle. Um, especially up front with five forwards and six. But to go back to your to, to your question, I think just in terms of the, the Watford backs and who's going to play, I kind of see Shane Fives, Barry Coughlin and Noel Connors will man the full back line. I reckon they'll definitely play Tyge as a sweeper. They'll just go straight back to Tyge. Dara actually probably prefers to play centre-back Dara Fives. Um, Philip Mahoney will obviously be on one wing and I reckon Kieran Bennett didn't really do much wrong in the last day so he'll probably be right half back and then you look at the Galway forwards and, and the one, one matchup I, I would be a little bit worried about is um, Joseph Cooney normally plays number 10 and Kieran Bennett was or plays number 12 and Kieran Bennett was playing number 5 and I think you've got a complete mismatch there from puckouts. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph Cooney is a massive man Kieran Bennett is 22 years of age 21 years of age second game in Crow Park ever He's, I think he'll struggle with the physicality of, 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 of Joseph Cooney. So you might see a switch between Shane Fives and, and Kieran Bennett there. Kieran Bennett might go back into the corner. Shane Fives, who's a taller man and he's more experienced, might be out in Joseph Cooney. I think you've an intriguing battle at centre-back. I think Joe, yeah. Joe Canning against Dara Fives, and Dara Fives is a real hurling centre-back, will be very interesting. But again, the Galway forwards flip around. You'll have Mannion. You'll have Connor Cooney. You'll have Connor Wheel inside in the football line. No, I reckon. I reckon Jason Flynn will start ahead of Niall Burke. I'll be honest. I don't. I don't think Niall Burke is is up to. If Jason Flynn is getting any bit of form at all, he he could win a match on his own sometimes. So you've got six phenomenal forwards there. But again, who can win their own ball? Who can win their own ball? They're strong. They're very accurate. They're pacey. But they haven't scored a goal in three games. Uh, they haven't scored a goal against um, Tipperary. They didn't score a goal against Wexford. Didn't score a goal against Offaly. They scored two against Dublin. And playing against this Waterford sweeper system, like the minute the ball hits the ground, whether it's Noel Connors, Barry Coughlin, Shane Fives, Ty DeBurka, Dara Fives, there's three men on the ball for the break straight away. And that's where Waterford have been getting that change and the ball coming out so quickly that the Galway forward isn't getting the, the breaking ball or the, or, the, or the Cork forward wasn't getting that breaking ball because you have three Waterford backs nearly going up against one or two of the opposition forwards. So, again, if Waterford can keep that tight and don't allow those Galway forwards to express themselves, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be that's what I'd be hoping for. But again, yeah. the, the flip side of that is compared to the Cork forward line, these guys have got six or seven quality forwards who can score that are really experienced. And ball winners. And ball winners. That's and, puck out. And, and, that, and, and that's where Nash struggled the last year, I think, yeah. is that he had no ball winning half forward in that, in that second half. He was trying to hit, he couldn't, whereas... Galway can go long yeah. even against the sweeper they don't have to go short they, and they can win ball and that's where the, I think the Warford backs are really really going to be tested they do they have a lot of options there in, in, in that forward line I mean like John hasn't named them all out there but I mean the matchups I mean it'll be very it'll be vital that Ty, Ty Burke gets around the park there gets around the back line and he'll actually he should probably involve himself in a lot of those um, aerial battles with, with the Galway half forward line I mean that's what he'll need to do because those those three lads won't be won't be held for the whole game. So he'll have to get in on those. 
But I mean, Tiger Burke, they're five. They're all well capable of winning their own ball in the air as well. It's, oh, it's yeah. like it's, it's they're. Uh, I'd say we're, we're ex- excluding the mismatch between maybe Cooney and Bennett. Every other matchup is like yeah. a fifty-fifty ball. Yeah. Like you, you'll have Joe Cannon catching the puck out, and maybe Dara Foy's catching the puck out. It's, it's it's very tight. And I guess looking back on the last time Galway played against a sweeper against Wexford, uh, Connor Cooney was left on his own with the fullback. How, I, I don't he did, understand. He did on total, what, seven I, points. He got six, seven or eight points. I'd say from, from, play. from play. I don't know how Wexford managed to play a sweeper and have that much room in front of him. So I don't think he'll get afforded that the next day. No. My my one thing on the Galway forward line and the Galway team that I'm kind of pinning my hopes on at the moment is they look like against Tipperary I didn't think they played very well against Tipperary even though they won the game and it looks like maybe they might have peaked around the Leinster final time they put an awful lot of emphasis on well they didn't put emphasis on the league until they got to the quarter final then they went on and won it so they've been on the road then they went straight into the Leinster championship blew everything away but they didn't really get a challenge and all of a sudden when I saw them against Tipperary because Tipperary didn't play that well if you remember and they got over and by a point. I, I I reckon that they might have peaked at the wrong time. Waterford on the flip side were in the last two league finals. Won one, last one. And then Derek McGrath made a very deliberate statement above in Stahl Hill in Galway. Played his second team against Galway. Mm-hmm. And they were 10 points up after 44 minutes. And, and then he started back. rotating a few days. Now, that, that game might have been the, the, the kind of flip that kind of got brought Galway back into the season this year. So it mightn't have been a good thing for Waterford. But it's it's... That's an inter- That's a very interesting point, actually. Yeah, because like Galway beat Waterford by four points that day. I mean, Waterford are gone. They've lost the Cork in the Munster Championship. Lost by five points. They earn yeah five points. Five the Cork in the Munster yeah. Championship. They beat Offaly, and then they beat Cork again. Wexford in between. Or Wexford and then Cork. And Kilkenny in between. Kilkenny, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So they've 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 had as, as as hard a road into the final as Galway yeah. had. I, I Galway, can, both, I can, both yeah. just just on a comparison. Of ma- or of you know similar opposition, um, Galway played Wexford, and they lost by nine points. Waterford played Wexford, uh, or sorry, won by nine points, and Waterford beat Wexford by four points. So that's a like for like comparison, mm-hmm. and you know towards the latter end of latter end of the the championship. So there's there's not a lot in between them. At the yeah, w- one thing on that I'd say, and, got, and Wexford got a very late goal at this. So yeah. You might say seven versus nine. Yeah, I think I think the Warriors known for Waterford this year obviously was that win over Kilkenny. Yeah. Like I think they were up, the game was over, Kilkenny clawed him back. He said he had that, that rugby style goal where they could just that yeah. try over the line or whatever you want to call it. Colin Fenley got it and TJ Reid's flicked some ball in. But I think the way Waterford kicked on in that extra time just showed like, okay, this history's not repeating itself no. here. And they just cut Kilkenny to bits. And that's mental like. That, and that's yeah, that yeah. was mental strength that day and, and, and that we talked about Jamie Barron and that goal he got. And they just haven't looked back since and I think there's just a huge confidence in Waterford right now. And they have nothing to fear going into play against Galway. Right. And, and, and Galway, I think, are, like you said, I still think they're the form team, though. I know you said you didn't think they were that impressive against Tipperary, but that was still the learning champions at the bay. And the team that Tipperary, everyone thought Tipperary were going to back it up this year and finally do maybe two in a row, which they haven't done in a long, long time. But Galway bet them and bet them by a point. So like to knock out the All-Ireland champions, you're, you're still doing well. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't be discrediting that I, performance. I, I know. I try and pick it as draws. Look yeah. at I just. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think he's discrediting it either. I mean, like tip, tip, tip him. Blue hot and cold all year. Yeah. But they did put in a, a serious performance against Galway. I mean, that that final was littered with with um with a lot of mistakes because of the pressure. Everyone, both teams were very nervous yeah. going into it, and but there was a ferocious amount of pressure on Galway and Tip in that game and Galway pulled through and, and the, the man of the moment was, was canning at the end of the day 
I mean, I don't know. I just think I think going back going back to you, Liam. I think you're dead right. They are the foreign team coming into it, but it's hard hard to argue with with John's uh, points about Waterford as well. I mean, it does put up a very good argument as to what way it'll go. The, on, the, on the, one, the one thing I'd say though is that I think a lot of Waterford folk and a lot of GA folk are kind of a little bit blinded to an extent about the last twenty minutes against the Cork game, right? You have to remember a couple of things. One, Cork had a man sent off. Uh, two, the Galway backs are a different animal to the Cork backs. Correct, we call yeah. that. You've got Dahi Burke, you've got Rose McInerney, you've Mannion, you've, you've Aidan Hart. I can't see Jamie Barron running straight down the middle of Dahi Burke and your old McInerney no, as easy no, as he did against no, the Cork no. lads. So... I think but it's, Waterford, not, it's, I, it's not a matter of running down the middle because he that's not how it, he doesn't do that. No, like no. you know, he kind of he floats in or goes in whatever way we want mm, whatever yeah. way on, want to put it. But you, they are they are a different type of backline to to Cork backline. But I mean, Cork didn't give away a lot give away a lot, a lot this year either. But so I think I think Christopher Joyce and Mark Ellis, uh, what's his name, pull back Callan. Mm. I'm sorry, but I wouldn't put them in the same league as as, as Dahi Burke too. No, 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 I agree with that. Yeah, Dahi Burke is probably nailed down for all star fullback. I think Dahi Burke is probably the one back in Ireland every forward fears. Yeah, he's an absolute animal. Yeah, and he did great against Callan the last. Even though Callan still will always pick up those few points of yeah. no matter who he's marking. He was he was he's, he's he was very touched. Dahi from scoreless from play last year after he scored three seven yeah. against Galway the year before, and then he maybe got two or three points the last day. Yeah. And Dahi Burke for me, he's he's the best fullback in, in the country by a mile. Who who do you have him on your match up there? So I I, I don't know Bennett. actually. I, I reckon so. Adrian Shane Bennett is is a speed merchant. He's twenty years of age. He has to do this role for 50 minutes, which means works his arse off, which limits his scoring opportunity. Mm. The only thing is, if, 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 if Galway don't play the sweeper system correctly and a bit of space opens up for Shane, he's got the ability to get goals. Mm. And I think Dahi Burke now, obviously, after saying, bigging him up to the last, is maybe he marks Jake Dillon and maybe two he marks Shane Bennett because two he has kind of a, a good bit of pace. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And look, we just quickly touched on, on the finishers, as you call them, John. Oh, yeah. And I think Richie's point about he actually would love to see more starting. You know, like he thinks, he th- Richie thinks he should be starting in terms of what he brings, the quality he has. But I think your point, and I, I'd be the same as you, I, I love seeing him coming on. Yeah, I, 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 I love seeing him come on that last 20 minutes. It just gives you a lift, and you're expecting him to do something. He's done something in every game this year. He's come on where he yeah. scored a goal, he scored against, goal against Kilkenny. Um, he won a free and laid off another laid off so did he set up Austin Gleeson for that goal? Well he gave him the pass he gave him the pass yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no but like he has that impact every he time does. so if Waterford is trading by a point or two I think the lift from seeing him come along will, yeah. will Richie will probably awesome. might know a bit more than us like but yeah. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't agree with him either about, about Shannon I mean like he's he's been playing that role all year he he lifts the whole crowd you know if, if, if Waterford need that little bit of a lift coming into the last 20 minutes I mean That'd be phenomenal to bring him on. Like so, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with him that I think he has to be, he has yeah. to play oh. the same role again. No, yeah, I'd have a fifty-fifty view on it. I, like for me, Morris is one of the best forwards in Watford. He, he is. If you see him at club level, he, he drags his more through a game, scores two ten, two twelve a game, and he's been one of the best forwards for Watford over the last few years. He got to an All Star in two thousand fifteen. One of their best forwards last year. Confident to take the freeze when when Parrot goes off, but at the same time, he probably doesn't have the legs that he had a couple of years ago, and. When it comes to those later moments in the game, Morris can sometimes be a bit tired. And the, the difference between Morris when he's fully energetic, 20 minutes to go and the backs are tiring around him, mm-hmm. versus both of them tiring around him. Like, when, when the ball was going into Morris against Cork, it was like a, a, an under-18 under lad marking an under-14 lad. Yeah. He was catching the ball, mm. throwing him off, yeah. easy as you want. It just looked so easy to him. So I, I'd love to see him play the whole game if he had unlimited energy. But I think... 
for the game watch where they're playing with the contain, contain, contain for 50 minutes and then blast them. Yeah. Uh, I think it's probably a better thing for Watford, if, if not for Morris, having them coming on with 20 minutes to go. Okay, so, verdicts. I'm going to go to you first, Shawnee. How do you see it going? Um, I would... Looking, looking at the matchups, looking at the teams, um, I, st- I, I reckon like Galway are, are the, the farm team coming in. Waterford are seem to be coming up a level every game they're playing at the moment. I think I don't think uh, Galway have um have peaked too early. I think they're they kinda lulled down a bit after the league final and got back to got back to their Leinster Championship, cruised through a Leinster Leinster Championship, had a tough game in the semi final. Their 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 six forwards, we went through them there while ago, like there's just there's just class everywhere. There's there's finishers everywhere. So who are you going for, Sean? You're sitting on the fence here. Who are you going for? You have to give me a summary there. That's your perverted. I'm trying to get through it here. Um, I, I I honestly I would I'd love like it's a perfect final like for a neutral. I mean you'd love to see either either team win. Um, it'd be great to see Warford uh pull it back after all these years, but I can't see them beating Galway on this occasion. I, so Galway for you. I reckon Galway by. I reckon Galway will win by about four or five points to be honest. Be call, Sean, be call. Sorry, John. John. I think one of the things we didn't talk about before I give a verdict is the bench. The bench of both teams. So we have the finishers. You have Morris, you have Brian O'Halloran, you have Tommy Ryan. Don't forget, you've also got Stephen Bennett and Patrick Curran, who were the two best under-21 players in, in the country last year to come off the bench for Waterford. Probably haven't gotten as much of a run, but you never know what kind of way farm is going and training. Whereas with Galway, I, I don't know. Let's say if Jason Flynn starts, they're bringing on Niall Burke. They might bring on big Johnny Glynn who kind of really ruffles feathers when he comes on. But after that, I don't think they have much to bring on, really, to change the game. So Waterford definitely have the stronger bench. Waterford definitely have the stronger bench. Um, it takes 20 lads to win in Ireland these days. You I know what I mean? Like I hope so, yeah. You know, no, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, does yeah. it definitely does. Um, Liam knows he's from Kikini. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. I'm, I'm going to go with a draw on Waterford to win the replay. Oh, okay. Actually, funny, funny a draw enough, is not a bad... Just funny enough there now, I have the betting odds here in front of me in Paddy Power, and a draw is 10 to 1. Yeah. Galway are down as favourites. Um they're one to two. Well we've had three three draws in four years, so yeah. Yeah. you wouldn't know. Look, I'm I'm gonna go with water for myself. I, I actually think John's point there about the bench is gonna be massive and I think when they unload those at twenty minutes to go to finishers as you call them, John, I think we're all gonna start using that term. You'll hear that maybe on the Sunday game. Oh, yeah. Um at, at the weekend, but I am I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Watford. I'm gonna go with Watford as well, by the yeah. way. And, <laughs> and really? Oh yeah. I am, yeah. Apologies for the lack of oh, balance. Am, yeah. <laughs> apologies for the lack of balance. We oh, had an interview with Richie and we had and we have John here with us tonight, so we had no Galway man. I suggested to John during the week we should get a Galway man on for balance. He said no, three was enough. So, <laughs> so hopefully myself and John are bringing some some balance to that I'm conversation. The only balance there, yeah. I'm obviously balanced as well, sure. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Anyway, so look, obviously we're really looking forward to it, and I know John, we talked to you there uh, last week about you were you're kind of humming and hawing about thinking about going home. You've decided not to go home. What What is your plan to watch the match at the yeah, weekend in Australia? I, I decided not to. I, I, I've done up the holidays and work and I would have been flying home from Australia for three days and then back again. So I said I, I said I wouldn't I wouldn't chance it. Um, but I'm flying up to Brisbane, actually, funny enough. My next-door neighbour, Billy Welch, um, who's a massive water fan. He's been out here for 10 years. I'm going to go up and stay with him. And then Dan Shanahan's brother, James, actually, was meant to be up in Brisbane. Um, and he actually decided just to book flights home. He's got two brothers involved. Everyone was telling him he'd be mental not to go home yeah. and watch it. So James booked flights yesterday to go home. And actually, interesting enough, when I was chatting to James or texting James during the week, his biggest fear was a draw. 
and he'd go home and and and, uh, and um, it'd be a draw and he'd have to kind of stay around. So he's after backing the draw 150 at 10 to 1 to cover the flight <laughs> just in case the draw. <laughs> so I'm, I'm heading up to Brisbane and there's a good few of Shane Bennett as well. Uh, who's a relation of the Bennett's playing there? Three Lismore men, uh, and I'm going to go up and watch it with them. Yeah, I think it's it's a weird feeling watching your county play in Ireland finally here in Australia. I remember my first year here was I came out in 2010, three days after the Kenny had lost the the five in a row, and I couldn't go home for the All Ireland in 2011. I just started a new job and similar to you, I just didn't have to leave. And I remember anyway, I said it to myself, I'd try and do the build up the same way as I would at home today at the Ireland final. So I remember the day before, it sounds cringe, what we got went to the Irish butcher and we got the rashers and the sausages and the pudding and we had the fry on the Sunday morning I was delighted with myself had my jersey on and that was 9 o'clock in the morning but the game wasn't on to midnight here <laughs> you so hanging around I was hanging around for the whole day it was the longest day in my life and I can safely say it was definitely the most homesick I've ever been it's not too often I get you know those kind of pangs from home but that day was just an absolute shocker because you were going through the whole day of you know we've all got to Crow Park with the family or friends we all have a routine when we, when we go to do it and missing out on that was very hard I have to say so John I know what you're going through maybe at the weekend but it's nice that you're going up with the friends to watch it and be watching yeah. on GA and, go and we've already had the conversation myself and Billy saying that we're not going to have a point until at least half nine at night because there's the danger that on yeah. another and finally you could have a few in the morning and Funny you won't you make say, the game when <laughs> you say that now because of the last All-Ireland well obviously Cork won the All-Ireland in the 2013 and I actually watched the first game I was watching it at home and my, not the GA goal. Here, you're watching it here, yeah. Yeah, watching it at home here, yeah. And um, the I had the GA going and next thing the laptop packed up or the internet packed up and I had to I had to put down the laptop and run out, <laughs> run out the door into the car and down to the the local pub, local Irish pub down in St Kilda and got in for the, the second half and watched it in there. But the place was heaving. There was fellas probably out all day. <laughs> it was an awful way to watch it. But the replay then, of course, I went... I went to the Celtic club in the city because it's a much better, much better area to, to watch games. And yeah, there was all Cork fans and Clare fans in there, and we had a great crack and fair. Yeah. perfect viewing of the match. Was able to watch the match. Only had just had one or two drinks beforehand. Didn't I went up pretty late. I didn't want to go out early, you know, because yeah, like yeah. yourself, you like you want to sit down, you want to watch it, you want to you want to soak in every every ball of it. Like so, um, obviously it wasn't the result uh, we would hope for, but. It's 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 a spe- I don't know it's a special occasion right you know obviously a special occasion but it's, it's you know it's, a, it's something different when you're away from home everybody's out in their jerseys and like most people around the city don't have a clue what you're what you're yeah. going watching you're going out at twelve o'clock at night yeah. to watch a game you're all up, all dressed up in your jerseys and, and like it's just it's just everyone is packed into this one bar and it's your your one Irish community and everything yeah. it's pretty special right? I I think it's funny because remember you were at home and you used to be listening to the commentary of the games you'd hear the shout-outs from Durkani to people in Australia tuning yeah. in all that and you wouldn't really take any notice no. of it but now when you hear those shouts like yeah like there's so many of us here who are going to be tuning in yeah. like yourself you're going up to your boys from home to watch it we've actually got two of our teammates from Galway have booked flights Ronan Costello and Liam Glenn. Liam Glenn have booked flights they're just going home for a week they've got tickets they're going and they're so excited and I think it's just the Ireland Hurling final is such a, such, yeah. a, such a special occasion myself and Shawnee obviously are neutrals this year um, but I'm really looking forward to it. And we're going over to a friend of ours, Pau Neil. Um, he's got the GA going. We're all going to go over on Sunday night. Corkman. Another Corkman, yeah. Unfortunately, you're, you're going over for a big sleepover party. Yeah, <laughs> thirty <laughs> years of age. <laughs> I'm today off Monday, so yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. But I, like as a neutral, I actually can't wait for it. Like you know, it's nice sitting back to watch 
you're not going to be in a good way watching that match. But myself and Shawnee and Pat can enjoy it, and it's going to like no matter what, it's going to be a fantastic occasion. And um, and I'll be on the way to work now. Actually, another thing, I'll be on the way to work tomorrow, and I pass this building site where Rowan Costello is actually working on, and he's put a pl- um, a Galway flag up in a up, up, in a, a crane. up in a tower crane at the moment. Like, and it's like. It's like something you'd see, like drive if you were driving through the city of Galway, you know, up in the yeah. crane, the flags, you know. It's a, yeah. there's a few lads over here actually flying the colours as well. Yeah, oh, look, I think we're we're all very excited, and look, John, we wish you the best. Look, have a good weekend up up in Brisbane. I hope you do the business. Um, Shawnee doesn't think you do, but I, I think I, I no, think I, I, honestly, I, I, it, it doesn't really matter who wins to me. I mean, it's been yeah. great. It's, it's, it's brilliant for the game that these two teams are in the final. Definitely, definitely, you know, and. The one like the people that win will be delighted for them, but they're also the people who lose. I mean, it's another another it's, year on today. It's, it's got wrenching for both because, yeah. like, all the slagging and you know the you know the people putting it to Galway, you've got no battle. You know, you've you've always you know, nearly mean never made it. Like, and then you know, Waterford had that awful awful time the last time we were in I think Ireland I think, I think, I think it was Michael Dighton said it last week. Goes. It's the final everyone wants, and whoever wins it, it's a phenomenal euphoria. It is. But it's actually the losing team in this one because both teams probably think they've a shot of winning it. The team who loses are going to be really down. Now, I, I would say that it's probably going to hit Galway more if they lose it. They've lost in 12, they've lost in 14. I know 15. Warford don't, or 15, Warford don't get that often, but if they lose another one, they'll yeah. be very similar it's, to the Mayo football. Yeah, especially yeah. especially with this team. Well, look, we'll all, we'll all be tuning in. So thanks for listening tonight. Please get in touch with us. We love the tweets and the emails. So please don't be afraid to tweet us at G-D-A-G-E-A, so that's G-D-A-G-E-A. And also we're the same handle on Instagram. But also don't be afraid to, to send us in an email like Willie Coogan at G-D-A-G-E-A at gmail.com. So we'll be back with you next week to review our final. Hopefully John won't be crying. And um, yeah, tune in again next week. Thanks for listening.